God has put a word in my heart and a phrase in my heart uh, for 2019. And I typically spend a little time towards the end of one year moving into the next year. Thinking about what God wants to speak into the life of our church. And uh, I do believe uh, not just our church, Barefoot Church, but to the global church, to the church around the world. uh, God wants to speak that phrase. It's called the main event. The main event being the return of Christ, the thousand year reign of Christ here on earth. And then the new heavens and the new earth that's going to be created. And really, we live in a period of time throughout all of history called the church age. And the church age is after the cross, after the resurrection of Jesus, and the church should be focused on the main event, the return of Christ. And and, and I'm going to be talking a lot about that during this, this coming year because, see, I do believe that the main event has, has our focus in life. What, whatever is the main event, some of your main event this year is, is going to be a wedding. And I can tell you right now, I've been around enough wedding people over the last year. There's a lot of people who do weddings at our conference center. That becomes the main event in their life. All the energy is spent towards that one event, that day event. And it's, it's a, it's a special day. It's an incredible day. It's a phenomenal day, right? I mean, wedding days are important uh, to couples because it's the start of something new. It's, it's something incredible. But if it's going to be the main event, whether it be a, a, a boxing in a boxing arena or whether it be at a church, you know, a lot of churches have events. They have conferences. And again, I've been around church long enough to know that, you know, sometimes churches work that event until, until that event arrives. And in other words, a lot of planning that goes in, into planning an event. There's a lot of resources that go into that event. There's a lot of time, energy put into that event. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people advertising about that event. If you, if you're around any kind of business, you'll, you'll realize that, that a lot of times people are driving people towards an event. And can I tell you, our great God is no different. However, sometimes we feel like that event is delayed. And can I tell you that that event is delayed by design. In other words, the return of Christ is, is delayed by design. And it's to allow the peoples of this earth to get ready. So... I'm going to do all I can do over the next several weeks to get us ready for that main event, the return of Christ, the thousand year literal reign of Christ here on this earth. And then the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. And I I hope to really shift your focus in life towards this main event over the next several weeks. Now, there's a passage of scripture that actually it's, it's three different stories that Jesus told about the main event. And those three different stories are found in our Bibles in Matthew chapter 25. And you can maybe camp out on that chapter of your Bible over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, and just kind of mull over what Jesus says in that, in that particular chapter. But Jesus was approached and he was asked about the main event. He was asked about when he would set up his kingdom. 
And as, as the people were asking this question, Jesus made a statement in Matthew 24. And he basically says, no one, no one really knows the hour, the time of the main event. And he says, you know, you can calculate, you can think about when it's going to be, what date it's going to be. Uh, and all these kind of things. He says, but only the Father in heaven knows the day and the hour uh, of this main event, the return of Christ, the setup of, of his, his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and then he tells some stories. And basically it's interesting because they ask him about what, what time would the main event happen. And Jesus just briefly speaks about being prepared. For the main event. In other words, he says, you know, stop worrying about when the clock's going to run out. Stop worrying about what day it's going to be. And just get your life prepared. Because the main event is going to be spectacular. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be literally out of this world. It's going to be beyond your imagination. And I think sometimes we kind of get in the laws of life. and, And we miss so much about this main event and other things, little things, still our focus instead of the main event having our focus. Again, whenever an event is going to happen, people invest in that event, right? People put energy, time, resources. They they pour in planning, all kinds of things. And again, I don't know what you're planning for. Maybe you're planning for your funeral. I don't know. But I can tell you right now, the most important thing that you can plan for in your life is the return of Christ. It's going to be spectacular, man. Let me speak into your heart today. No matter how old you are or how young you are, no matter what gender you are, what race you are, what nation you come from, what language you speak, this event is going to be spectacular. And this event is for all people. It's bigger than anything you'll experience this year. So let's get our hearts prepared. Let's let's get prepared for what, what God is going to do in the main event. In the return of Christ. I'm going to read a portion of Matthew 25, 13 today. Or 20, Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13 today is what I'm going to read. Again, the whole chapter is about a, the main event, but we're just going to talk about one of these, these stories today as, as Jesus began to answer the question about being prepared for the main event. Here's what he says. He says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now again, understand 2,000 years ago, culture was different. And basically what would happen is bridesmaids would, would uh, follow the groom to a big party and the groom would come at any unexpected hour. He would get the bride, take her to a big party. Everybody wanted to be at the party and they would light lamps and they would make a procession towards wherever the party was going to be. And Jesus was referring to that kind of party. He's using a, an analogy to help people get it. He's basically saying it's going to be the party of parties and it's going to be bigger than any wedding party you've ever experienced. And it's going to be incredible. He goes on to say five of them, five of the bridesmaids were foolish. Look at your neighbor and say, are you foolish? 
And five of them were wise. Look at your other neighbor and say, are you wise? The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. Didn't have electricity in this day. Oil would, would be what caused the lamp, the light to burn. And when the bridegroom was delayed... They all became drowsy and fell asleep. In other words, the return of Christ, some of us think it has been delayed. It doesn't really matter if you have enough of the oil or don't have enough of the oil. What happens sometimes is life becomes stagnant. And you know what? We, we kind of get in a place where we're like, is this ever going to happen? Is the main event ever going to happen? And, and everybody falls asleep. It's interesting because the wise ones were asleep. Come on, somebody. And the foolish ones were asleep. Now, here's what I want you to do, because I think a lot of people are asleep today. In the church and out of the church. So punch your neighbor and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Verse six says this. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, referring to Jesus himself. Remember, Jesus was asked the question, when would the end of the world be? And the Bible says that someone shouted, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. In other words, they got their lamp ready, they trimmed up the wick on the lamp and uh, they were ready for to light and get in this procession and go to the big party. Then the Bible goes on to say, then the five foolish ones asked the others, hey, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Now look at your neighbor and say, have you done your shopping? <laughs> it's going to be a day. And there's going to be a time that you're going to wish you have done your eternal shopping. Shop all you want to shop now, but get prepared because the day is coming. Hey, and nobody knows the hour, nor the day, nor the time. And I got to tell you, the all that God's referring to is for the journey. It's not just for the destination. And so many of us are shopping for all of these spiritual things. And again, there's nothing wrong with questioning, questioning spirituality. And is there something after this life? Is there there's more to this life? But I want to encourage you to use a little wisdom. Don't be lazy. Begin to investigate for yourself what is real, what is not real. In other words, don't just fall on your own opinion, 
Begin to really, really investigate. Search out the scriptures. Search out other religions. Search out whatever you want to search out. But get your shopping done. Because there's going to be a return of Christ one day. And you know what? You need to be solid. Solid in what you know. And solid in what you believe. And that day could be this day. Get your shopping done. Get your shopping done. Investigate all you want to investigate, but get your shopping done. But while the others were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And then those who were ready went, went in with him to the marriage feast. That's going to be a spectacular event. And the door was locked. In other words, somebody locked the door, slammed the door. Can I tell you, the door is not locked right now. The door is wide open. Swing wide the gates of heaven. Let the good grace fall on this earth. Just sing a song about swinging it wide. I can tell you right now, the gates to your heavenly father, the gates to heaven, the gates to eternal life are swung wide open right now. But there will be a day and there will be a time whenever that door will be closed and that door will be locked. And no one else will enter into this great, great banquet. No one else will enter into this amazing, amazing new heaven and new earth, this, this kingdom that Jesus is setting up. It says, it was locked, and later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too, he says, speaking, this is Jesus. He says, keep watch. Look at your neighbor and say, let's keep watch. Wake up. Tell him to wake up. Tell him to stop sputtering. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Let's talk for just a few minutes about this story that Jesus uh, told today. Because literally what this story uh, teaches us is, you know what, we need to, to be prepared for the return of Christ. You don't know the day or the hour of the return of Christ, but every individual has a personal responsibility to get themselves prepared. Amen. You know, faith is an interesting thing because I can encourage you with my faith, my faith in what I believe about God, what I believe about eternity. I can live out uh, in, in such a way where it begins to encourage you to, to, to take a, a, a glimpse and a look at what I really believe and, and see if you want to put your faith and your trust in what I, I believe. I can, I can, I can encourage my, my son. I can encourage my wife. I can encourage you. I can encourage strangers, strangers. I can encourage the hurting. I can encourage the lonely. I can encourage the rich. I can encourage the poor. I can do all I can do to take my faith and my belief to encourage others, but there's something I can't do. I can't give you the faith that I have in Christ Jesus. But I can encourage the faith that you have so you can put it in the eternal hope that I have my eternal hope in. And I want a lot of us to understand it's a personal responsibility to get yourself prepared. 
You know, again, it's not your grandmama. It's not your Sunday school teacher. It's not your preacher. It's, it's not the school. It's not. It's nothing of that. It is your personal responsibility to not be lazy and investigate the scriptures, investigate all things, investigate what you're going to put your faith in. In other words, and again, the interesting thing is it's not in a multitude of things. In other words, I think what the Bible teaches is you put your faith, all your eggs in one basket. Not an array of ways. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, let me slow that down a little bit. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one accesses the God of the heaven except through me. What is your faith in? What are you putting all of your hope in? Because there will be a day, and it doesn't take a mental giant to look around and figure out that all of us are going to draw our last breath on this earth. People are dying every day. And our heart is going to quit beating in our earthly chest at some point in time. It may be sooner than later. But the question is, have you done your homework? And are you prepared for the return of Christ? And again, that's to encourage you. Not to make you, you know what, be afraid but it's to make you be wise. Wise people begin to investigate what eternity is all about. Foolish people just live oblivious to what's going on and they, they never ever begin to really, really investigate what eternal things are all about. And I know that most of us want to be wise and so not being foolish means, you know what, get your shopping done. In other words, did you notice the, the wise ones already had the oil? They already had enough supply to last them all the way into the party. But, but the foolish ones, you know what? Uh, the, the wise one says, hey, it, it's time. You know, the return is, is near. Jesus is telling a story. He's telling a parable. And we can super spiritualize all kinds of things in the parable. But, but what we get is there's going to be a time whenever, you know what? It is too late to make your decision. Yeah. And, and I think some of us are, are, are saying, you know what? Well, I, I'm just going to wait till I get done with this, 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 and this, and this. And then, you know what, I'll, I'll follow Christ. But it's simply this, it's because our reality of eternity needs to be raised. Eternity is better than here. 
The new heaven and the new earth are better than here. What God has planned for those who love him is better than here. It is better. It is better. It is more. It is greater. It is uh, beyond your imagination, the Bible says. No one, no one can think or imagine of all the great things that God has in store for those who love him and trust him. It is bigger than now. So, so let's rise our focus. Let's be prepared. And, and, and again, it uses this idea of fuel for, for, for lamps. And I, I want to talk about the fuel that God gives us today, which is the Holy Spirit, because, because the Holy Spirit is really what God gives every believer in Jesus Christ to prepare themselves for the return of Christ. Let, let me say that again. Jesus came and gave his life on a cross to forgive us of our sin. But there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God so you can prepare for the return of Christ one day as a believer in Jesus Christ. And you know what? The Holy Spirit of God is the very essence of God and the very thing that begins to fuel you along the journey. In other words, the Holy Spirit ain't just for the end of the journey. The Holy Spirit is so that you'll have enough gas along the journey to do what God has designed you to do. My first car was a Pinto. Talk about sputtering. Amen. Listen, the car cost $589. The tires were worn out. I don't even know how many miles it had on it, but, but it was my car. Come on, somebody. And I would fill that thing up with gas. And, you know, the interesting thing is, as the tank got low and near empty, it would oftentimes sputter. Because the trash in the tank would begin to get in the carburetor. And back in the day, you, everything wasn't electronic. You could like get in there and clean stuff out and all these kind of things. But, but it would sputter. And I knew when the car started to sputter because the, the, the gas gauge didn't work. <laughs> that it was time to go get a fill up. Come on, somebody. Because I wasn't interested in in just getting to one destination. I was interested in my car performing all the way along the journey. Man, I had some speakers in the back of that car. The speakers were bigger than the whole back seat. Put me on a little cheap trick. Somebody don't even know who cheap trick is in here today. But I'd be... Rocking out, doing my thing in my pinto, all six foot five of me at that particular time, 185 pounds, lean, mean fighting machine in the pinto, sputtering all the way along the way to, come on somebody, to the gas station. (laughs) 
but see, what I want to tell you today about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the fuel for the journey. And if your life begins to sputter a little bit, understand it might be that you need to pull into the filling station and get a little download from the God of the universe because the Holy Spirit is the very essence of God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and, and basically lives inside of the believer. And the reason the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of the believer is to individually help us grow on our journey and stay the course until the return of Christ and do the things that Christ has designed us to do all the way along the journey. But, but so many of us, you know what, we're, we're, our life is sputtering and, and we just need to get a, a, a little fill up from God. And so I want to talk to you about what the Holy Spirit does and how the Holy Spirit fills us up. And, and what I gather from this passage that Jesus told is there's going to be a day and a time when it's too late to get to get the Holy Spirit in your life. My friend, but today is not the day because what he says in the passage is some of them wanted some of the others. Oh, and they're like, look, the time is here now. And, and, you know, I can't give you some of what God has given me. It's too late. Let's let's follow the bridegroom. And there's there's a lot of theological depth in what I just said, but I just want you to understand there is a time when it's going to run out when you will not have the ability to have a connection to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. So why would you sputter? Because the Holy Spirit is here and there's enough of him for all of us to move forward with our life. So let's talk about what the Holy Spirit does. Don't depend on the spirit that lives in somebody else to to get you through life. Begin to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to open up my life and get my own fuel. Here's the deal. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14 says this. When you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. When did you get the Holy Spirit? According to this verse, this chapter, this this uh, letter to the church at Ephesus. So look at it again. When you what? Put it back up. I want them to see it. When you in. Let, let's say it together. When you in Christ, he identified you as your own. And how did he identify you? By giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. Come on, somebody. It's God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Let your praise go up. Let the walls come down. But the only way you'll praise God is to have the Spirit of God alive and well in you. The only way to have the Spirit of God alive and well in you is to believe in who Christ is. Not what he has 
just done, but what he's going to do too. Jesus, in the fullness of who he is, came the first time on a temporary assignment. And that temporary assignment was to die on a cross. But the Bible says three days later, he resurrected from a grave. He died on a cross to show the love of God and to redeem redeem people from the power of missing the mark of God's glorious standard from sin that rules and reigns over their life. The Bible says, you know what? He came on that assignment, but make no mistake about it. He finished that part of his assignment, but he's not finished with what he is going to do. He is going to return and he is going to make all things new. And so the spirit allows us to stay watchful. Are you watchful? Are you watchful? Because, see, if your life is sputtering, maybe it's because you're not submitting to the fuel inside of you. And you're, you're submitting to everything else around you. And you're... Like that pinto. Why don't you get a fill up? Why don't you believe in who Christ is? My friend, just because you believe and you get a one-time fill up doesn't mean that that's enough for all the journey. Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't let the tank get so low that you... Pull in, cap the thing off, get enough power for the whole entire journey. Understand the spirit of God isn't just for the end of the journey. The spirit of God is to help you all the way along the journey. And the spirit of God is the very fuel, the very essence of God that will empower you by his amazing grace to do what he has designed you to do. And for you to run by the power of who he is and run by that each and every step of the way, each and every day of your life. I don't care how old or how young you are. You may be an ancient model, but the fuel is just as good today as it was yesterday. Next thing I wrote down is this, is not only be what the, the fuel does or the spirit doesn't allow me to be watchful, but it also helps me stay confident. Slap your neighbor and say, are you confident? Second Corinthians chapter four, verses four through 10. While we live in these earthly bodies. Grown. Inside, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. As a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is what gives you hope beyond this earthly body. The Holy Spirit of God is, is 
saying, you know what? I, I know that this thing is, is, is dying, but, but I, I still want to live, but, but, but I know that one day I'm going to get a, a, a new one and it's not going to be rusty and it's not going to be worn out. And, and can I tell you what gives you that solidity, that hope is the Holy Spirit of God. So that when your body starts aging and wearing and tearing, you know what? You don't lose hope. You you don't lose sight. The Holy Spirit, the God that lives in you, reminds you, this ain't forever. This is temporary. This ain't forever. This is temporary. Keep plugging along. Keep moving forward. There's power in God's inner voice inside of you. Even though the outside is wasting away, the inside is being built up day by day by day. The writer goes on to say this. He says, so we were always confident. Even though we know as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not seeing. What do you believe? I know, I see, but I believe. He goes on to say this. He says, he says, yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, but then we would be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to what? Please him, please the Lord. For, he mu- for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. The Holy Spirit helps you do the things of God. And as you submit to that power and that fuel of God that's inside of you, the Bible says that, you know what, there's going to be a day when God is going to reward you because you have operated by the power of the Holy Spirit on your journey in adverse situations. My friends, don't you quit. The Holy Spirit of God gives you the motivation to keep on keeping on until the return of Christ. And if you're running a little bit low today, how to get the Holy Spirit is first and foremost belief. Believe in who Jesus is. And secondly, is not believe just in half of who Jesus is, that he came as a suffering servant, but believe that he's going to return one day and set up his amazing kingdom. And my friend, that will begin to raise up something inside of you to keep on keeping on in adverse situations. You'll stay confident when it seems like all hell is breaking loose in your life. And I I need you to know there's going to be days that all hell is going to break loose in your life. But you have the power of God inside of you. And confidence in who God is in spite of what is going on. Because you know what you believe and not just what you see. And my friend, you know what? God says be prepared, and the only way to get prepared is to get the fuel in you. The only way to get the fuel in you is to believe in Christ. And once you believe in Christ, you've got to continually keep pulling back in and reminding yourself over and over about who Christ is. And then the last thing I wrote down is this. The Holy Spirit allows me to keep improving. 
If there's going to be a day of reckoning, if there's going to be a day of, of, of the account of what I've done in this earth suit as a believer in Jesus Christ. If there's going to be a day when I really believe that I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If there's going to be a day. You know what? I don't only want to have confidence to get to the end of the race. I, I want to begin to, to really, really uh, focus and, and keep improving until I, I get there. Because, because see, I believe eternity is longer than 70, 80, 100, 114 years here on this earth. And I, I really believe that I'm in preparation here for where and how I'm going to spend all eternity with my creator. And I want to do everything I can do to live in such a way and, and, and keep growing. Some people call it sanctification. But keep growing in the things of the Lord and the things of the King and, and do everything I can in order to stand before that judgment seat of Christ one day because believers will be judged. There's two judgments the Bible speaks about. The great white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne is where those who have not believed will be divided from those who have believed. And so if you don't believe, your eternal destination is, is basically summed up. You'll spend eternity away from God in a real place called but if you do believe, my friend, make no bones about it. You're not just going to go to heaven and float around with some angels. You're going to give an account for what you did as a believer in Jesus Christ in this earthly body. And you know what? It is going to determine all what happens in that kingdom in your life. Jesus gave great motivation over and over again. Be prepared, pay attention, do what you can do, build, build, build. Don't just build here, you know what, think there. All these kind of things we talk about all the time in church. But, but are we really, really trying to improve our life? Listen to what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 through 20. He says, so be careful how you live. He says, don't live like fools. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a fool? He says, but like you who are wise, look at your other neighbor and say, are you wise? He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Think. Wise people, think. Wise people meditate. Wise people hit the pause button and think about eternal things. Foolishness is just running at life haphazardly, not having goals, 
Not having things set before you. Not thinking beyond, you know what, today. Not thinking beyond next month. Not thinking beyond next year. Foolishness is not thinking of eternal things. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Somebody say, come on, somebody. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not an anti-alcohol statement. He's just saying, you know what? Sometimes in our short-term thinking, we hit the bottle to numb it all out. And he says, don't be foolish. He says, fill yourself up with the Spirit of God. And you know what? Then you won't need to numb it out. Because your long-term thinking is in place and you're thinking about the good things. You're thinking about eternal things. He says, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms. Singing songs. And hymns. Come on, old folks. And spiritual songs among yourselves. And making music to the Lord in your hearts. Giving thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In in other words, keep improving by praising having great thanksgiving and being obedient all the days of your life. There's another passage in Galatians chapter 5 that I'm not going to read but it, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it talks about those who won't enter the kingdom of heaven you know, all these immoral things and idolatry and witchcraft and all of these other things won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And the reason it it, it talks about all of that there is because, see, even sometimes as a believer in Jesus Christ, when when my tank is running empty and I begin to sputter with rage and sputter with idolatry and sputter with all of these things, I know that that is not the things of the Lord. And, you know, kind of like that Pinto, my, my fuel gauge didn't work, but... But there was some sputtering that happened that told me I needed to pull into the, to the gas station to get a fill up. And my friend, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're sputtering and you got anger, you got, you know, sexual morality problems and you got, you know, all of these idolatry and all of these other things, understand that those things are not going to go into the kingdom of heaven and into the kingdom of God. But my friends, let those be a good warning to you that you know what? You may need to pull in for a little fill up by the power of the Holy Spirit and let God do something in your heart. You know what? So you don't run on empty and all that trash. 
and all that, all that other stuff begin to rise up inside of you. Keep it purged out. Keep the spirit of God, the fire of God, the flow of God operating you over and over again. My friends, I want you to know that the secret to leave to living is belief in Jesus Christ and then daily operating by the power of the Holy Spirit in this world. And it is available to you. But my friend, there's going to be a day. And the fuel is going to be gone. So the question is, are you going to delay because you think the return is not going to happen? Or are you going to believe and submit to God and have the Lord with you all the days of your life? Let me pray for you. God, you're an amazing, amazing God. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you for pouring out the one who gives us the guarantee, the solidity of we belong to you and your family and the inheritance that you are setting up for us is real. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that purges out the old and puts in the new over and over again. God, I thank you for loving us so much that you died on a cross to give us an eternal connection to you. And God, if there is one here today that has not believed in who Jesus is, God, may their faith no longer just run along and operate off of somebody else's faith. But God, may they make a personal decision to trust you, Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. Trust in the power of your resurrection and trust in your return as you are preparing this earth to come back to. God, let them trust in the fullness of Jesus. My friend, if you need to make that decision, it's a personal decision. A denomination can't do it for you. A religion can't do it for you. A family member can't do it for you have to personally put your faith in who Jesus is. Though we try to encourage you each and every week, I just want you to know that the time is near and Jesus is going to return. Everything inside of me wants you to be prepared for the journey. So would you submit and trust Christ today? Not just to forgive you of sin, to give you eternal life and the power of God to do this journey called life. That is you, no matter how young or old you are, just say, God, I'm ready to take my faith and put it in your gift of grace. His name is Jesus. Tell God, thank you for the cross. Tell God, thank you for the resurrection. And tell God, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to you. And tell God, you're looking forward to the day of his return. My friend, if you said that prayer and you meant it with your heart, welcome to the family. Together, we're going to watch God do some amazing things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.